Welcome to the favorites from the Volume Podcast Network. I am not Chad Millman. Instead, I am Matthew Friedman, Chad's least favorite employee at the Action Network. Chad is on vacation as opposed to all the other times he's relaxing on the job. So I am filling in for him on this edition of the Thursday Thunderdome. On today's show, our special guest will compete alongside my co-host, professional sports better Simon Hunter in an epic test of wagers and wits that will leave some contestants questioning their mental aptitude for years to come. Simon, aka Replacement Scooch, you are a professional sports better. Where would you set the odds on me being a fill-in host for Chad ever again after this show? Uh, I, I mean, I love the opening. That was spot on, spot on. So I'm hoping right now I have yet to win because every time I have a lead, I just wager all my points because I'm a true gambler and I've I'm 0 for 5 on these questions that Matt Mitchell puts at the end. So I would say to our two guests, the odds are definitely in their favor today. Yeah, so the odds are in their favor. And by the way, I'm, I'm no Chad. All right, I'm not going to cheat on your behalf. Okay, so that, that's one. Number two, yeah, we'll see about the odds of my returning to be a, uh, a replacement fill-in. I'm yet to be fired, which is amazing on its own. I mean, it's a, a shtick, of course, but it's also real. I probably am Chad's least favorite employee at Action. If he could come up with a good reason to fire me, he probably would, which just speaks to how good I am at my job and also how good I am at covering up my fireable offenses. Simon, today you will face two guest challengers. Our first guest is the host of the Taycast, the Swolecast, and a KG veteran at SportsGrid. We welcome fantasy football guru Davis Maddock. Davis, you are looking svelte like a guy on a mission not to lose another weight loss prop. How's it going? It's going great. I'm in my intermittent fasting window right now, continuing, continuing the prop bet. My senses are sharpened. I'm heightened. All I have going through me right now is nicotine and black coffee. You're right. I'm ready to go. Okay. Our second guest here is an Action Network NBA and NFL handicapper, co-host of the Action Network podcast NBA show. And he appears on the very short list of people who are from Philadelphia and also nice, Raheem Palmer. It's my pleasure, man. I'm just, I'm happy to be here. Great to have you. Here is how the game is played. Today, you will answer two kinds of questions. First, traditional trivia questions about sports, sports betting, and the world at large. And second, completely subjective and totally asinine open-ended questions or prompts that I alone will judge. To accumulate points, you must answer the trivia questions correctly. And also, you must convince me that your responses to those open-ended prompts are better than the responses from your opponents. Because just like sports betting, you can't get them all right. All right, let's begin. Part one, which I have dubbed the relevance of irrelevance. Today, we will be celebrating the upcoming NFL draft. One of the many cultural phenomena to come out of the draft is the advent of Mr. Irrelevant, the moniker bestowed upon the very last pick of the draft. So let's talk about some past. Misters irrelevant. Raheem, starting with you here. With the 487th and final pick of the 1976 draft, going way back, the Steelers selected Kelvin Kirk, who became the first player officially referred to as Mr. Irrelevant. Kirk was a product of this college, known more today for basketball than football, nicknamed the Flyers. Raheem, what college am I talking about? I'm going to go Temple. I don't know. No. <laughs> Guys, I know nothing about basketball, especially college basketball. Same. The answer was Dayton. All right, Simon, coming over to you. In 2009, Kansas City selected this kicker 
as Mr. Irrelevant. After releasing him in 2014, he finally got his hashtag revenge this February when he defeated Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Name this kicker. I don't believe in kickers. I don't know that answer. That is a correct answer philosophically. But in reality, it is wrong. The correct answer is Ryan Suckup. I knew that one too. You knew that one. (laughs) Let's see if you can get your question right. In 2007, Alabama's Ramsey Robinson became the newest Mr. Irrelevant. His NFL career lowlight was committing an ill-fated Week 17 taunting penalty in a game his team lost to cap a historic 0-16 season. Name the team and the year. Uh, The Detroit Lions in 2011. So close. Detroit Lions, 2008. Damn. Damn, that should have been obvious because obviously Mr. Relevant's not going to stay on the team for four years. Very tough look there. All right, gentlemen, here's the prompt for part number one. The NFL drafts Mr. Irrelevant is a player so irrelevant, he somehow remains relevant. Using this definition, who or what would you choose as pop culture's current Mr. Irrelevant? For example, Al Gore, Eric Mangini, Blockbuster Video, Glenn Beck, and Alfonso Ribeiro are all good examples of a contemporary Mr. Irrelevant. In fact, we can open this up a little bit. I will accept answers in the Ms. Irrelevant category and also the Dr. Irrelevant category if you want to go that direction. Simon, give me your pop culture, Mr. Irrelevant. I end up going with Charlie Sheen because I just felt like Charlie was bigger than life for a while. I mean, he had the run with the the sitcom show and then just the whole Tiger Blood thing. It was just like a storm. And I just feel like I haven't seen him until recently on some podcast like a couple of weeks ago. So it feels like Mr. Irrelevant is definitely, to me, is Charlie Sheen. I like that answer. That's a good answer. Davis, give me your answer for Mr. Irrelevant of pop culture. I definitely think it has to come from someone who was popular in the internet era, but not the full-on everyone is broken brain uh, logged on 24 hours a day. So my answer was Simon Cowell, because everyone has faint memories of watching American Idol, and it might even still be on, but no one knows. Like You can reference Simon Cowell to anyone, and they know who it is, but they have no idea what he does now, if he's on TV, if he's off TV. Everyone knows him, but he doesn't do anything relevant in our world today. Great answer. Love that one. Raheem, what do you got? Mr. Irrelevant for pop culture. I'm going to go with this entire sport of boxing. I'm also a boxing handicapper. You know, the best fighters don't fight each other. We all want to see Terrence Crawford versus Errol Spence. It's not going to happen. We all wanted to see Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua. It's not going to happen. Who knows if Tyson Fury is going to fight Anthony Joshua? We didn't see Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather fight until five years too late. It's the sport of boxing. It's the most irrelevant thing ever, and it breaks my heart. I think that's a great answer. Now, I should say, I think all of your answers were equally good, which means framed differently. I think they were all equally bad. I'm sorry. I would have taken two answers, either Chad Millman or Kim Kardashian. No, Kim, Kim Kardashian is not a good answer. She is relevant to so many people. It's, it's a, it would be a bad answer. She literally had a, a picture taken down from Twitter last week. Like she's news every single week. No, I, I'm running the show here. All right. And I don't hand out points like candy. 
just because you guys have some warped sense of what actually happens to be relevant. I run a tight operation here, unlike Chad Millman, right? I don't know how to manage anybody. When I ask an open-ended pop culture question, I expect you to answer with the answer that I would have given, all right? I'll get zero points, message sent. Okay, part two of the podcast, blue chips. The phrase blue chips gets tossed around a lot before the NFL draft, but top-ranked amateur players is just one of the many meanings of the phrase. To celebrate all things blue chips, I will ask each of you two questions, one about blue chip football recruits and another about another kind of blue chips. Raheem, question number one. The Tennessee State Tigers are expected to name this former blue chip recruit and Heisman Trophy winner as their next head coach. Who is it? I'm going to go with Nick Nolte because, you know, Blue Chips was one of my favorite movies. <laughs> That's very prescient, very incorrect. <laughs> the answer is Eddie George. <laughs> However, the second question for you, the classic basketball film Blue Chips stars Nick Nolte as a basketball coach known for great tirades like this one. This is by far the worst team that has ever sat in this locker room. You don't deserve a locker room. You should be playing without uniforms. There's not one of you, not one of you that's learned how to win. But Blue Chips also starred these two real-life NBA teammates and mid-90s superstars. Raheem, who am I talking about? Penny Hardaway and Shaquille O'Neal. Nailed it. Great movie. All right, Simon, coming over to you. Trevor Lawrence was the definition of a blue chip recruit when he signed with Clemson. He was also recruited by Alabama in an effort led by this current member of the Buffalo Bills coaching staff. By the way, obviously, this question was concocted by Bills fan and producer extraordinaire Matt Mitchell. Simon. So I'm, I'm going to guess it's some type of old quarterback he used to play for Bama. I'll, I'll have to pass. I don't know. Brian Dable. All right, Simon, your second question. Some of the best and safest investments in the world are referred to as blue chip stocks. Financial advice company, The Motley Fool, recently made a list of the top 25 blue chip stocks. Three of the 25 blue chip companies they listed are known for products that people eat or drink. Name two of them. So, you know, give me two blue chip companies whose products have to do with food or beverages. I'll go with Coca-Cola. I feel like that's a layup. For food, I'll go with, oh man, uh, wafer chips. Is that wafer chips? What? I don't know. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of food. I'm like, what the hell would even be traded on the SB 500? I can't think of a, a food, but all I can think of is Coca-Cola. So I'll just go Coca-Cola and Pepsi. Uh, yes, Coca-Cola is one of them. McDonald's, ever heard of it? Starbucks. Yeah, I didn't think we were going like that, but you're going like individual like food brands. You got me there. Okay. Horrible. We we need to find a <laughs> replacement for the replacement scooch. Whoa, 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 whoa. Easy Stalin. All right, easy. Okay, Davis, coming over to you. Former blue chip local recruit for LSU, Jamar Chase, is a heavy favorite to be the top wideout taken in this year's draft. He is from Jefferson Parish, as Louisiana is the only state that uses parish instead of this word for its administrative divisions Me. of the state. County. County. 
Nailed it. Davis, here's your second question about blue chips. Blue tortilla chips are made from blue corn, a frustrating crop known to topple over in the field. As a result, blue corn is difficult to harvest using this popular farm machine, which is also a common word in NFL draft circles. Davis, what is the name of this popular farm machine, which is also a common word? a combine. Yes, nailed it. I don't think I would have gotten that if I didn't know the answer. Well, I was going to go thresher because that's what we use in Kansas for wheat, but combine is for corn. Growing up in in, uh, an agricultural state, finally paid off, Davis Maddock. Finally. All right. The prompt for part two. The NFL draft is all about managing your assets, kind of like a financial advisor. What current NFL coach or general manager would be the last person you would pick to manage your financial assets? Davis, who are you going with? Cliff Kingsbury because he takes diamonds and turns them into copper. He doesn't, he doesn't quite turn them into coal. He doesn't turn them into nothing, but he takes Kyler Murray and Deandre Hopkins and Chase Edmonds and Andy Isabella and Christian Kirk and turns them into uh, the most horizontal offense in the NFL. You don't want someone to turn your, your Bitcoin and your Google into Coca-Cola and GM stock. That's not what you want. Okay. Good, good answer. Knowing Matt Mitchell the way that I do, I'm imagining that he already thinks you have won this portion of the podcast. Without a doubt. You got that right. Friedman, uh, Cliff Kingsbury is a total fraud and charlatan, and this is one of the most correct answers we've ever received. All right, Raheem Palmer, what current NFL coach or GM would be the last person you'd pick to manage your financial assets? I love you guys, but there's really only one answer. And the answer is Les Snead. He's the GM of the Rams. I mean, let's be real. The Rams haven't had a first-round pick since 2016, and they don't have their first-round pick for the next three years. The last first-round draft pick they had was Jared Goff. We're in an era now where if you got a first-round pick on a rookie contract, you can fill your team out with other guys and pay them, you know, big money. This guy is trading his first-round picks, his second-round picks, and – they're paying these guys big money. So I wouldn't let him manage my my betting account. Like, how can you let this guy manage anything? They're paying Ramsey. They're paying Donald. They're paying all these guys big money. And if they don't hit on these mid-round draft picks, they're going to stake. He's the answer. Really interesting answer. And Raheem, I think you're absolutely right. Like, Les Need, I look at him. He's the dude who parlays all the big favorites. Every bet for him is a can't-lose bet. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Simon, what current NFL coach or general manager would be the last person you'd pick to manage your financial assets? And I think that was the whole big part of the question was the financial assets. So the only GM I could think of that's paying a guy $35 million to play for a different team this year is Howie Rose. So he's probably the last guy I would let run my finances right now because he is just mucked up the egos. They're paying all these old veterans, big contracts. We have no money to go out and spend on anyone else. So Oh, man. For, for managing my finance, the last person I'd pick right now is Howie Roseman. Okay, Simon, I like that you answered the question literally. However, you uh, really did not answer it imaginatively. All right. I think only two people did that. That was Raheem and Davis. Raheem, I liked your answer, but I'm going with Davis. Anytime you have the chance to uh, smash Cliff Kingsbury and also talk about Bitcoin. I mean, that that's a winning combination right there. So Davis, 
you are getting the points for the prompt. Let's go to part three, a salute to mediocrity. We here at The Favorites recognize the proud men and women whose middling outcomes and so-so work ethic inspire millions to reach their hands out, but not too far, and capture mediocrity every single day. There is no better example of these heroes than the dozens of mediocre NFL starting quarterbacks last season. Let us recognize their efforts. Simon, with a career record of 13 and 25, this young quarterback will need to rise and grind just to elevate to mediocrity following his recent trade. Who am I talking about? Sam Darnold. Yes. Congratulations, Sam Darnold. All right, Davis. This former Arkansas quarterback has played for four NFL teams since 2016, including the Jaguars, Rams, and Broncos. When given the chance to start for a new team in Week 17 last season, he posted a truly incredible passer rating of 0.0 and a blowout loss to Baltimore. Davis, who am I talking about? This is so miserable because I know I know who this is, and it's just one of those things that has escaped me. And when you say it, I'm going to be like, well, yeah, that's obviously who it is. My first guess was the first name that flashed to me was Trevor Simeon, but he went to Northwestern. Uh, I'm going to guess Brock Osweiler, but that's not correct. Oh, Davis. I, mean, I know as, who this is. Just say it. As Brandon Allen. That's so obnoxious because I do know that answer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as, as a DFSer and as someone yep. who follows the college game, I, I mean, you knew that. I know you knew that. You just, uh, you know, didn't get it in the clutch. All right, Raheem, few NFL quarterbacks embody the spirit of mediocrity like this former Michigan product and recent Super Bowl champion who last season got his first start since 2014. Who am I talking about? Oh, my God. I don't know. You got to tell me. <laughs> Chad Henney. No Michigan. way. Michigan oh, and then Super Bowl champion. God. Yeah, backup wow. quarterback. I mean, there, there's no one more mediocre in the NFL than a backup quarterback, and no backup quarterback more mediocre than Chad Henney. That guy, that guy takes the cake. All right. The, the Super Bowl the champion, it threw me off. I forgot he was it on did. that Chiefs team. All right, here's the prompt for part three. Who deserves recognition as the most mediocre quarterback in NFL history? Raheem, who do you got? I wanted to go with Teddy Bridgewater, but I'm going to go with Alex Smith for no other reason than the fact that football outsiders, you got some brilliant guys over there. They literally developed a metric called Alex. Basically, the metric describes if you're throwing passes that doesn't get you the amount of distance needed for a first down. And the, the metric is called air less expected. <laughs> so... I'm going with Alex Smith. I mean, this guy's played on some of the most talented teams ever. He's played on the 49ers when they had all those draft picks. They had that great defense. He's played with the Chiefs, and he's just a mediocre quarterback. He's not gonna. He's not gonna. You know, win you those games. He can manage the game, and I, I think when I think of a, a, a mediocre quarterback, he's it. Anytime you have a metric that measures mediocrity named after you, you have to be pretty specially mediocre. So uh, I think that's a, a really intriguing answer. Simon, I'm kicking it to you. Who deserves recognition as the most mediocre quarterback in NFL history? A lot of great options here once again, but uh, I guess I'll just go with him because he's still playing Andy Dalton. Uh, 
just oozes mediocrity. A guy that will get you to the playoffs, but you know that's where it ends. A guy that now is way past his mediocrity. He's just bad. So I'm going to go with Andy Dalton. All right, Andy Dalton from my alma mater of TCU. Interesting choice. Davis. Simon had the correct answer. It is it is Andy Dalton because mediocre also means that you can't be terrible. You cannot be actually bad all the time. Andy Dalton has had just the definition of mediocrity. The Bengals were always in that Saturday early game when when he was with the Bengals uh, that you know week week 18 I guess the the playoffs and they always lost they never won a playoff game literally the definition of mediocrity is 10 and 6 losing the first round of the playoffs so I, I don't care if I have to split the points uh, Simon was correct it's it's Andy Dalton and Andy Dalton will be used by the way 15 years from now the Andy Dalton line will be something we use to measure the difference between starting quarterback backup quarterback good quarterback bad quarterback Andy Dalton is the line yeah, Andy Dalton is the line. He, he is the line that people have talked about on the Around the NFL podcast. The Andy Dalton line, that's what they talk about as the, you know, the prime meridian dividing good quarterbacks from bad quarterbacks. Uh, however, Davis, I think true mediocrity is deciding not to pivot, not to come up with a different answer. I should, I should have audibled. Yeah. Yeah, you really should have audibled. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to split the baby here. So uh, instead of awarding half the points to Davis and half the points to Simon, I am going with Raheem. And by the way, I think Alex Smith is a perfectly mediocre answer to who is the most mediocre quarterback ever. So Raheem. I, I should have went with Ryan Fitzpatrick because Ryan Fitzpatrick can't even hold down a job. That might've even been better. Yeah. You know, well, according uh, to Matthew Friedman, Ryan Fitzpatrick's a really good quarterback. So I don't know about that. Hey, uh, he's better than whatever else they had in Washington last year. That's, that's all. Ryan I'm Fitzpatrick. I, like, I went to Penn and he was there when like he beat us for the Ivy league championship. He's the reason why my friends don't have an Ivy league rank. So I have some bitterness in my heart towards him. So he's actually good to me. <laughs> all right. So Raheem won the prompt there. Here are the current scores. Davis is ahead with three points. Raheem, you are in second place with two points and Simon you have one point. Got to catch up. All right. Part four, the real MVPs. To cleanse the palate from all this mediocrity talk, let's talk MVPs. Davis, in the NBA, Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets is now minus 200 to win the MVP. But this former MVP who entered the season as the oldest starting player in the NBA is currently 20 to one. Who am I talking about? Currently 20 to one and the oldest player. I mean, I assume it's LeBron James. He is 36 years old. He oh no, it's it's Chris Paul. It's Chris Paul. Oh, but Chris Paul's not a former MVP. So I don't, I don't this is uh I mean, is LeBron older than Chris Paul? I'm going LeBron. I'm going LeBron. It's gotta be the answer. The answer is LeBron. That was great. Yeah. You almost talked yourself into the wrong answer, and then you talked <laughs> yourself back into the right answer. Nicely done. Simon in baseball catcher Pudge Rodriguez one of my personal favorites by the way won an MVP in 1999 since then only two other catchers have been voted MVP name one of them well and this catcher probably didn't use steroids unlike your boy pooch I'm gonna go with oh man now I just lost it because I made that horrible joke damn it dude he played for the twins not Brower what the hell was that dude's name I could sit here listening to this all day. Keep going. I, I, I'm gonna. I, I'm not gonna get it. I know he was the catcher for the Twins, man. I, I can't believe I'm blanking on it because I had him in fantasy for years, but I don't remember. 
Well, this is sweet karma coming back at you so quickly for your comment against Hall of Famer Pudge Rodriguez. The answer you were looking for was Joe Maurer. I also would have accepted Buster Posey. This guy, this is a catcher. A catcher. This is a catcher doing this. I mean, a catcher. Catchers don't do this. All right, Raheem, this iconic 90s quarterback is the only NFL player to win three consecutive MVPs. And by the way, he also had a killer cameo. And there's something about Mary. Who am I talking it's Brett about? Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Nailed it. All right, the prompt for part four. Many great men and women win MVP awards, but sadly, most do not. Name one living American, sports figure or otherwise, you would like to bestow an MVP award to and give me your reasoning why. Raheem. Okay, I know you said one, but I have to split it. We're going to go co-MVPs. You got to understand we're a gambling company. The Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act of 1992 being struck down, that changed all of our lives. So the co-MVPs are Governor Chris Christie and Phil Murphy. They were on the bill. They got this thing struck down for us. We don't have to meet some bookie in a, in a random parking lot at, you know, 12 at night. We can go into a casino. We can place our bet from our phones. They helped get this thing struck down. So Chris Christie, Phil Murphy, you're the real MVP. All right. Interesting. Interesting choice. They're really going for the heartstrings, right? I mean, you're going for something that you know is uh, near and dear. So uh, good strategy there. Davis. I wanted to do someone literary. My OG answer was going to be Jack Kerouac, but he's dead. So my answer is Don DeLillo, who has done more to advance the books and the stuff that we like to read right now. There's chances are if you have uh, a favorite author, they probably have read and, and were influenced by White Noise uh, and by, by a lot of his other books. But most importantly, he was the first dude I ever read to read about internet broken brain syndrome. He was like one of the first people who realized how being so logged on, watching so much TV and being so distracted was going to have just, just these unforeseen consequences on the American consciousness. So Don DeLillo is my answer. Davis, I give myself an MVP award for not listening to what you said for the second half of that. That was incredibly boring. Goddamn nerd. Nerd! Simon, name one living American, sports figure or otherwise, you'd like to bestow an MVP award to and why. Uh, I'll give it to you, Matthew, since you won't give me any points because I kind of hate you. So hopefully this will switch you over and you'll give me some points finally. Giving it to me. It's real original. And honestly, maybe the best answer that uh, anyone gave, because I am honestly uh, an MVP living American. Simon, I, I am giving you the, uh, the points for that. Oh, man. Clearly not above flattery. Everyone take note, uh, especially potential <laughs> employers out there after Chad comes back and fires me. Flattery will get you everywhere. Okay. Part five, the grand finale. Here is the current score. We have Davis with four points, Raheem with three points, Simon with two points. Now the topic for the grand finale is the draft with no quarterbacks. Everyone, let me know how many points you want to risk. Close your eyes and hold up your fingers with your wager amount. Okay, here we go. 
the 1988 NFL Draft is infamous for its lack of quarterback talent. No quarterbacks in round one. No quarterbacks in round two. In the middle of round three, the Cardinals took quarterback Tom Tupa and then converted him to punter. It wasn't until pick 76 that the first legitimate quarterback was taken out of the University of Washington. He is now the only player not named Ryan Fitzpatrick to start for eight different NFL teams before being replaced by the likes of Jeff George, Steve McNair, and Michael Vick. His career highlight is losing Super Bowl 33 with the Atlanta Falcons. Name this player the best quarterback of the 1988 draft. And while we wait, here's another clip from the movie Blue Chips. Every time we get ready to play, I just want to throw up. So depressed, I don't even want to talk about it. I'm sick of watching you guys play. Just how bad can it get? Davis, give me your answer and also how much you wagered. I wagered two, and I feel very bad for my competitors here because I actually know the answer to this question. I don't know why I know this, but I do. It's a fellow by the name of Chris Chandler. That is correct. So Davis, you had four points. You wagered two. You now have six, a commanding lead, six points with the answer of Chris Chandler. All right, Raheem, entering the grand finale, you had three points. Give me your answer and tell me how many points you wagered. My answer was Chris Chandler and I wagered two. So that means I lost by one. Oh, no risk it, no biscuit. (laughs) Should have gone all in. Simon, none of this really even matters because there's no way you're winning. I'm really just more interested to know if you're going to be the grand loser. Tell me how many points you wagered and your answer. Uh, uh, It's a traditional, unlike any other, that Matt Mitchell keeps putting these questions years before I was born. So uh, I'm really enjoying the show, my time on the show. Uh, Of course, I didn't know the answer. So I wagered two points. I once again finished the Thunderdome with zero points. All right, so Davis Maddock is the big winner with six points. We have Raheem coming in with five points, and then Simon, a uh, a distant third with zero points. If I could give you negative points, I would have done it. All right, before <laughs> we sign off, here is a word from our fearless leader, Action Network CEO, Patrick Keene. Clean it up or let's get someone who will. Is this really as good as it gets? Because it's still not good enough. All right, this has been the favorites from the Volume Podcast Network. My thanks to our guest, Davis Maddock, Raheem Palmer, and Simon Hunter. As a reminder, the volume is now on YouTube. We've got new stuff up there every single day, including clips and interviews from all the network shows. Subscribe to the Volume YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash the volume. I've been your host, Matthew Friedman, filling in for the inspiringly mediocre Chad Millman, who returns next week to talk betting on the Academy Awards. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and download and listen on Spotify. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time on The Favorites. <laughs>